I worked as a nurse at Denver's psychiatric hospital. And, of course, my main job was to take care of the patients there. Interacting with a lot of mental patients day by day, sometimes I wondered if I would go crazy one day. Or maybe I was already one of them. That day, the hospital received a new patient named Edward, and I was assigned to take care of him. I heard that he was brought here after being accused of murdering someone. He showed his hatred towards everyone in the hospital. Let me go! Let me go! I will kill all of you! Edward howled like a wild animal. You! You psycho bitch! He squeezed my hand tightly. I quickly injected him with a sedative. You! I will kill! You! I will kill! Don't worry, Edward. Everything will be all right. Despite being a long-time and experienced nurse, Edward's case still shocked me. I had never met such a violent patient and full of madness as him. After sedating Edward, I returned to the nurse room to take a rest. After quite a long time interacting and taking care of him, I was gradually exhausted. I could still hear his screams and feel his hateful bloodshot eyes even in my sleep. Those days had become some of the darkest periods in my life, and sometimes I wished I could just run away from it. The alarm bell jolted me awake. I came out of the waiting room to find an empty hallway. I couldn't even hear the screams of the patients. Where is everyone? I was worried. Hello? I walked down the hallway, but no one was there. Warning! The most dangerous patient is still in the area. Expanding the blockade area throughout the hospital. Lockdown implemented now. I repeat. I was startled when I heard the announcement on the loudspeaker. The most dangerous patient? Did they mean Edward? Had he escaped? Edward hated me, and he would track me down. I had to make my way out of the hospital before he caught me. But all exits had been locked, so I turned to the old way. On the floor there were trails of blood and stretched handprints, but no corpse. Everybody is gone. I panicked even more when realizing I was trapped in this hospital with a dangerous killer. While finding a place to hide, I suddenly caught Edward standing at the end of the hallway. He and I both jumped back, startled. Edward also seemed surprised to see me. It, it's all your fault, isn't it? He shouted. I didn't get what he said. He burst out laughing, then cried and laughed again. <laughs> You're such a psychopath. 
Edward, please, calm down. I tried to hold myself back. The hospital was already locked down, so I had to save myself first. Edward walked forward with a shiny surgical knife in his hand. When he rushed over, I pulled out the hospital bed in the hallway to block him and ran away. (laughs) You can't run from your sin! Edward shouted. I hid in a room for a long time until there were no more sounds outside. Did he leave? I thought to myself and decided to pick up a surgical knife and leave the room. I had to be careful. Edward might still be out there somewhere, waiting to attack me at any moment. The alarm bell suddenly rang, again in the hallway. What was going on here? I started running. My mind was blank, and I couldn't think of anything. The hospital is locked down. The police have surrounded the area. There's nowhere else to hide. You have to surrender now. The sound came from the loudspeaker. They still hadn't found Edward, so I kept running for my life. Be cooperative for leniency. The police are on their way to you. As I ran away, I felt something flash through my head. I didn't know how long I'd been running. Then my ears started ringing. Now I realized I was standing in front of a locker. Nobody can find me here. When I opened the door, I couldn't have expected to find Edward writhing inside. I noticed that the surgical knife was stained with blood. (laughs) Edward was right. All of this was my fault. He thought he could stop me, but he was wrong. I had been a nurse for ten years now. I understood each patient and knew exactly where to stab them on their body to cause a fatal wound so that even the most dangerous criminal like Edward couldn't escape from me. So he wasn't hunting me. Indeed, I was hunting him. I remembered it when he begged. Uh, Please forgive me! Uh, Please! Uh, uh. (laughs) He was crying like the others. It's too late! I raised my knife. Police are here, Rachel. Put down your weapon now. A voice rang out, and the police rushed to press on me. The patient's name is Rachel, 35 years old. Working 10 years as a nurse, she was diagnosed with schizophrenia. She was the one to cause the lockdown in Denver's hospital. It was her who attacked and killed a total of three doctors, four nurses, and three other patients. Have you ever thought that you might be in danger when going to the cinema? If you haven't, let me tell you my story. 
the story of my scariest experience at the movie theater and a memory that I will never forget for the rest of my life. That day, I excitedly went to the movie theater. It was quite crowded there, but I still made it to stand in line and wait for the tickets. The line after me was really long, but I did notice a strange man. He was wearing an overcoat over a tank top and shorts. With his hand hidden in the coat, he kept glaring around with an oddly cold gaze like he was looking for his enemies. After getting the ticket, with some popcorn and a soft drink, I sat in the hall, waiting for the movie time. The strange man also got his ticket and sat down in the waiting hall. Honestly, he looked a bit creepy. I meant he looked kind of like a pervert you would see on the news. I was startled. His eyes were so cold and scary. Was he going to eat me alive or something? It was time for the movie to start. I quickly ran into the theater, but that man didn't move. Strange. Then why did he pay for that ticket? I wondered. Anyways, I didn't care about that. All I wanted was to get my seat and enjoy the movie. I wasn't sure if it came from the movie, but I did hear someone screaming. It was very much different from what I was watching on the screen. I noticed that the people around me could hear it too. They started to talk about it. A few minutes later, the screams outside got louder and louder. I didn't think that was a theater sound effect. An audience member screamed, and that was when the whole theater went into chaos. No one knew what was going on. Run! There's a crazy man killing people! An employee screamed out. Everything turned into a mess. Everyone was panicking. Fear on each other's faces, and some even burst into tears. I was so scared. Everyone around me was screaming and crying. But all I could hear was my heart pounding faster and faster. The killer was out there, and he could show up here at any moment. People got out of control. They climbed over the chairs or did anything they could do to get out. They even trampled over each other to escape. In such a chaotic circumstance, I just followed the crowd to leave the cinema room. I was struggling to finally make it through the emergency exit. I staggered down the hallway. Everything was strangely quiet, my heart still pounding wildly in my chest. I was really scared and panicking, trying to remember how to handle a situation like this. I needed to hide somewhere and call the police. So I quickly snuck into the toilet and bolted the door. Oh, damn it! I trembled and even dropped my phone before I could dial. It took me a lot of time to do it. Just keep it together. I told myself, but my hands kept shaking. Tears welled up in my eyes. I just wanted to watch a movie in peace. I never thought I would become the main character in an action movie. My mind froze as I was falling into desperation. 
My mom texted me. The news was broadcasting about what was happening here. The attack in a local movie theater is becoming the focus of public opinion. The estimated number of casualties is told to reach dozens of people. The police have quickly sealed off the scene. I watched the news while crying. The police were here, but would they find me? I wiped my tears and decided to take a risk. So I left the toilet, trying to walk cautiously so as not to be spotted by the killer. I continued to silently walk along the empty hallway. Hey, where are you going? I was startled. At the end of the corridor, I saw that creepy man in the coat. He was still wearing the same overcoat with his hand hiding. However, at this moment, his eyes were bloodshot, and there was blood on his coat and his face. I realized that it was not his own blood. Discovering the horrifying truth, I stepped back in fear. My whole body froze. My mind went blank, and I didn't know what to do. The killer didn't seem to know that the police had surrounded the place, so he remained very calm. He took a step forward, and I took a step back. I felt my breath choke as my heart pounded furiously. My limbs wobbled, causing me to fall to the ground. The man came closer and closer. His hand under the overcoat, moving slightly. Would I die here, in this place? At the moment when I thought I was going to die, suddenly I heard footsteps from the distance. Police, put down your weapon. The officers saved my life. The main suspect in the movie theater attack has been arrested for the crimes he has committed. He will receive the appropriate punishment. I survived the massacre at the movie theater, but the obsession was so haunting that I didn't dare to step into any movie theater ever again. Every year, we would gather at someone's house for a Halloween party, except for this year. Jenny wanted it to be more exciting, so she decided to throw the party at an abandoned house on the hill. We knew nothing about the place other than its location written on Jenny's invitation card. Maybe she wanted it to be mysterious. Around nine o'clock, we gathered up on the hill. When standing in the yard, I could already feel the Halloween atmosphere abound. Me, Daisy, and Matthew approached the house excitedly. The heavy door cracked open. I could sense the gloomy vibe. We entered together. The candlelight was not enough for us to see things clearly. Jenny, we're here. Matthew called for the party host, but no answer. We should just go inside. Matthew said, "Well, it was surprising to see Matthew so lively today. He was often the quietest guy in the group. The house had really been abandoned for a long time, so it was dusty and old and terribly cold. Following Matthew's footsteps, we reached a door. 
Daisy, passing the door, suddenly stopped. A red liquid dripped down on Daisy's face, so she raised her head to see what it was. Daisy yelled in horror. Both me and Matthew were startled. That must be one of Jenny's pranks. She knew how much Daisy was scared of spiders. We had to wait for Daisy to calm down before moving on. Soon enough, an old wardrobe appeared in front of our faces. There was a card that read, Open. I was about to open it when Matthew stopped me. What if there's something in there? Come on, it's fine, I said. I screamed while a lot of feathers rose up. Damn you, Jenny! I didn't expect her to play such a nasty trick. At this time, I was a little annoyed by the atmosphere here. Jenny, where was that little brat? The journey continued, but we couldn't see Jenny anywhere. Hey, do you think it's strange? Daisy pulled me back and whispered. What's strange? I asked. Matthew hasn't been pranked yet. So? Don't you think he's more lively than usual? Well, what she said was right. We began to suspect that Matthew was also involved in this. Ah! Matthew's screams caught our attention. He slipped and fell. Holy crap! What he had slipped on was a pool of blood. From that pool of blood came a long trail and many handprints that scratched all the way to the end of the corridor. Did Jenny really create all of these things? Should we continue? Asked Matthew. Uh, yeah, Daisy said. Looks like she was still mad at Jenny about the spider. There was only one room left at the end of the hallway. We ignored the skulls and monstrous laughter on either side of the wall and moved forward together. One, two, three. We counted together and opened the door. All darkness. I cautiously turned on the power. Inside was a table decorated in Halloween style and a banner that read, Happy Halloween. Can't believe Jenny threw this party. But where is she? I looked closely at the plate of finger cakes that looked so real as I said that. Hey, look! Matthew picked up a card that read, You deserve this. A gift from Jenny. Maybe she wanted to make up to us after her silly pranks. So we sat down at the table. Guys! These things look so real. Daisy touched the brain jelly. Indeed, whoever made these things would be so cool. Hey, happy Halloween. Matthew had already poured the drink into three glasses. All three of us raised to toast. But as soon as I took the first sip, a fishy smell made me spit all the wine out. <coughs> hey, this smells bad. Whatever Jenny put into it, it was horrible. So I tried the jelly. But it was also, how to say, yuck. It felt like something raw. Daisy felt the same way. Is this for real? Matthew checked. Yeah, it's real, guys. What? Oh, what? 
all three of us immediately threw up. We started to understand what was going on. The things on the table weren't cake or fruit. They were all real fingers and brains and flesh. We were so scared, we ran away from the deserted house without daring to look back. We immediately informed the police. How do you know it's a real brain? I don't know, it's... I suddenly hesitated. (sighs) Matthew said that, not I, but... How did he know? I worked as a nurse at Denver's Psychiatric Hospital. And, of course, my main job was to take care of the patients there. Interacting with a lot of mental patients day by day, sometimes I wondered if I would go crazy one day. Or maybe I was already one of them. That day, the hospital received a new patient named Edward, and I was assigned to take care of him. I heard that he was brought here after being accused of murdering someone. He showed his hatred towards everyone in the hospital. Let me go! Let me go! I will kill all of you! Edward howled like a wild animal. You! You psycho bitch! He squeezed my hand tightly. I quickly injected him with a sedative. You... I will kill... You... I will... Don't worry, Edward. Everything will be alright. Despite being a long-time and experienced nurse, Edward's case still shocked me. I had never met such a violent patient and full of madness as him. After sedating Edward, I returned to the nurse room to take a rest. After quite a long time interacting and taking care of him, I was gradually exhausted. I could still hear his screams and feel his hateful bloodshot eyes even in my sleep. Those days had become some of the darkest periods in my life And sometimes, I wished I could just run away from it. The alarm bell jolted me awake. I came out of the waiting room to find an empty hallway. I couldn't even hear the screams of the patients. Where is everyone? I was worried. Hello? I walked down the hallway, but no one was there. Warning! The most dangerous patient is still in the area. Expanding the blockade area throughout the hospital. Lockdown implemented now. I repeat. I was startled when I heard the announcement on the loudspeaker. The most dangerous patient? Did they mean Edward? 
Had he escaped? Edward hated me, and he would track me down. I had to make my way out of the hospital before he caught me. But all exits had been locked, so I turned to the old way. On the floor, there were trails of blood and stretched handprints, but no corpse. Everybody is gone. I panicked even more when realizing I was trapped in this hospital with a dangerous killer. While finding a place to hide, I suddenly caught Edward standing at the end of the hallway. He and I both jumped back, startled. Edward also seemed surprised to see me. It, it's all your fault, isn't it? He shouted. I didn't get what he said. He burst out laughing, then cried and laughed again. <laughs> You're such a psychopath. <laughs> Edward, please calm down. I tried to hold myself back. The hospital was already locked down, so I had to save myself first. Edward walked forward with a shiny surgical knife in his hand. When he rushed over, I pulled out the hospital bed in the hallway to block him and ran away. You can't run from your sin! Edward shouted. I hid in a room for a long time until there were no more sounds outside. Did he leave? I thought to myself and decided to pick up a surgical knife and leave the room. I had to be careful. Edward might still be out there somewhere, waiting to attack me at any moment. The alarm bell suddenly rang, again in the hallway. What was going on here? I started running. My mind was blank, and I couldn't think of anything. The hospital is locked down. The police have surrounded the area. There's nowhere else to hide. You have to surrender now. The sound came from the loudspeaker. They still hadn't found Edward. So I kept running for my life. Be cooperative for leniency. The police are on their way to you. As I ran away, I felt something flash through my head. I didn't know how long I'd been running. Then my ears started ringing. Now I realized I was standing in front of a locker. Nobody can find me here. When I opened the door... I couldn't have expected to find Edward writhing inside. I noticed that the surgical knife was stained with blood. <laughs> Edward was right. All of this was my fault. He thought he could stop me, but he was wrong. I had been a nurse for ten years now. I understood each patient and knew exactly where to stab them on their body to cause a fatal wound so that even the most dangerous criminal like Edward couldn't escape from me. So he wasn't hunting me. Indeed, I was hunting him. I remembered it when he begged. 
Please forgive me. Please. He was crying like the others. It's too late. I raised my knife. Police are here, Rachel. Put down your weapon now. A voice rang out, and the police rushed to press on me. The patient's name is Rachel, 35 years old. Working 10 years as a nurse, she was diagnosed with schizophrenia. She was the one to cause the lockdown in Denver's hospital. It was her who attacked and killed a total of three doctors, four nurses, and three other patients. Have you ever thought that you might be in danger when going to the cinema? If you haven't, let me tell you my story. The story of my scariest experience at the movie theater. And a memory that I will never forget for the rest of my life. That day, I excitedly went to the movie theater. It was quite crowded there, but I still made it to stand in line and wait for the tickets. The line after me was really long, but I did notice a strange man. He was wearing an overcoat over a tank top and shorts. With his hand hidden in the coat, he kept glaring around with an oddly cold gaze like he was looking for his enemies. After getting the ticket, with some popcorn and a soft drink, I sat in the hall, waiting for the movie time. The strange man also got his ticket and sat down in the waiting hall. Honestly, he looked a bit creepy. I meant he looked kind of like a pervert you would see on the news. I was startled. His eyes were so cold and scary. Was he going to eat me alive or something? It was time for the movie to start. I quickly ran into the theater, but that man didn't move. Strange. Then why did he pay for that ticket? I wondered. Anyways, I didn't care about that. All I wanted was to get my seat and enjoy the movie. I wasn't sure if it came from the movie, but I did hear someone screaming. It was very much different from what I was watching on the screen. I noticed that the people around me could hear it too. They started to talk about it. A few minutes later, the screams outside got louder and louder. I didn't think that was a theater sound effect. An audience member screamed, and that was when the whole theater went into chaos. No one knew what was going on. Run! There's a crazy man killing people! An employee screamed out. Everything turned into a mess. Everyone was panicking, fear on each other's faces, and some even burst into tears. I was so scared. Everyone around me was screaming and crying. But all I could hear was my heart pounding faster and faster. The killer was out there, and he could show up here at any moment. 
people got out of control. They climbed over the chairs or did anything they could do to get out. They even trampled over each other to escape. In such a chaotic circumstance, I just followed the crowd to leave the cinema room. I was struggling to finally make it through the emergency exit. I staggered down the hallway. Everything was strangely quiet, my heart still pounding wildly in my chest. I was really scared and panicking, trying to remember how to handle a situation like this. I needed to hide somewhere and call the police. So I quickly snuck into the toilet and bolted the door. Oh, damn it! I trembled and even dropped my phone before I could dial. It took me a lot of time to do it. Just keep it together. I told myself, but my hands kept shaking. Tears welled up in my eyes. I just wanted to watch a movie in peace. I never thought I would become the main character in an action movie. My mind froze as I was falling into desperation. My mom texted me. The news was broadcasting about what was happening here. The attack in a local movie theater is becoming the focus of public opinion. The estimated number of casualties is told to reach dozens of people. The police have quickly sealed off the scene. I watched the news while crying. The police were here, but would they find me? I wiped my tears and decided to take a risk. So I left the toilet, trying to walk cautiously so as not to be spotted by the killer. I continued to silently walk along the empty hallway. Hey, where are you going? I was startled. At the end of the corridor, I saw that creepy man in the coat. He was still wearing the same overcoat with his hand hiding. However, at this moment, his eyes were bloodshot, and there was blood on his coat and his face. I realized that it was not his own blood. Discovering the horrifying truth, I stepped back in fear. My whole body froze. My mind went blank, and I didn't know what to do. The killer didn't seem to know that the police had surrounded the place, so he remained very calm. He took a step forward, and I took a step back. I felt my breath choke as my heart pounded furiously. My limbs wobbled, causing me to fall to the ground. The man came closer and closer, his hand under the overcoat moving slightly. Would I die here, in this place? At the moment when I thought I was going to die, suddenly I heard footsteps from the distance. Police, put down your weapon. The officers saved my life. The main suspect in the movie theater attack has been arrested for the crimes he has committed. He will receive the appropriate punishment. I survived the massacre at the movie theater, but the obsession was so haunting that I didn't dare to step into any movie theater ever again. Every year, we would gather at someone's house for a Halloween party, except for this year. 
Jenny wanted it to be more exciting, so she decided to throw the party at an abandoned house on the hill. We knew nothing about the place other than its location written on Jenny's invitation card. Maybe she wanted it to be mysterious. Around nine o'clock, we gathered up on the hill. When standing in the yard, I could already feel the Halloween atmosphere abound. Me, Daisy, and Matthew approached the house excitedly. The heavy door cracked open. I could sense the gloomy vibe. We entered together. The candlelight was not enough for us to see things clearly. Jenny, we're here. Matthew called for the party host, but no answer. We should just go inside, Matthew said. Well, it was surprising to see Matthew so lively today. He was often the quietest guy in the group. The house had really been abandoned for a long time, so it was dusty and old and terribly cold. Following Matthew's footsteps, we reached a door. Daisy, passing the door, suddenly stopped. A red liquid dripped down on Daisy's face, so she raised her head to see what it was. Daisy yelled in horror. Both me and Matthew were startled. That must be one of Jenny's pranks. She knew how much Daisy was scared of spiders. We had to wait for Daisy to calm down before moving on. Soon enough, an old wardrobe appeared in front of our faces. There was a card that read, Open. I was about to open it when Matthew stopped me. What if there's something in there? Come on, it's fine, I said. I screamed while a lot of feathers rose up. Damn you, Jenny! I didn't expect her to play such a nasty trick. At this time, I was a little annoyed by the atmosphere here. Jenny... Where was that little brat? The journey continued, but we couldn't see Jenny anywhere. Hey, do you think it's strange? Daisy pulled me back and whispered. What's strange? I asked. Matthew hasn't been pranked yet. So? Don't you think he's more lively than usual? Well, what she said was right. We began to suspect that Matthew was also involved in this. <laughs> Matthew's screams caught our attention. He slipped and fell. Holy crap! What he had slipped on was a pool of blood. From that pool of blood came a long trail and many handprints that scratched all the way to the end of the corridor. Did Jenny really create all of these things? Should we continue? asked Matthew. Uh, yeah, Daisy said. Looks like she was still mad at Jenny about the spider. There was only one room left at the end of the hallway. We ignored the skulls and monstrous laughter on either side of the wall and moved forward together. One, two, three. We counted together and opened the door. All darkness. I cautiously turned on the power. Inside was a table decorated in Halloween style and a banner that read, Happy Halloween. Can't believe Jenny threw this party. But where is she? 
I looked closely at the plate of finger cakes that looked so real as I said that. Hey, look! Matthew picked up a card that read, You deserve this. A gift from Jenny. Maybe she wanted to make up to us after her silly pranks. So we sat down at the table. Guys, these things look so real. Daisy touched the brain jelly. Indeed, whoever made these things would be so cool. Hey, happy Halloween. Matthew had already poured the drink into three glasses. All three of us raised to toast. But as soon as I took the first sip, a fishy smell made me spit all the wine out. (coughs) Hey, this smells bad. Whatever Jenny put into it, it was horrible. So I tried the jelly. But it was also, how to say, yuck. It felt like something raw. Daisy felt the same way. Is this for real? Matthew checked. Yeah, it's real, guys. What? All three of us immediately threw up. We started to understand what was going on. The things on the table weren't cake or fruit. They were all real fingers and brains and flesh. We were so scared, we ran away from the deserted house without daring to look back. We immediately informed the police. How do you know it's a real brain? I don't know, it's... I suddenly hesitated. (laughs) Matthew said that, not I, but... How did he know? 